Hello, and welcome to episode 106 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. I am your host, Terrence M. Stanton, and it's a pleasure to be with you. This is being recorded on Sunday, February 20th, 2022, and a very happy 51st wedding anniversary to my mom and dad. I love you very much. I would like to take a look at the beginning here of our program at the Novena in honor of the Holy Face of Jesus, which begins today as I'm recording this on February the 20th. This is from the Fatima Center located at Fatima.org, and it was initially published on February 16th of this year. It says, This novena requested by Our Lady begins nine days before the start of Lent. The Fatima Center encourages all Catholics to pray it from February 20th through the 28th, 2022. Novena preceding the Feast of the Holy Face of Jesus of the Shroud of Turin. I give my face as a sensible object of my sorrow for the sins of man. The Feast of the Holy Face of Jesus, established throughout the Universal Church in 1958 by Pope Pius XII, to be observed on the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday is a beautiful and precious opportunity to make reparation for the outrages that the Holy Face of Jesus received during his Passion, and which he continues to receive daily in the Sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. Our Lord himself requested this moving devotion by which the faithful unite themselves with him in his sorrow through special acts of reparation to his holy face. On the first Friday of Lent in 1936, our Lord appeared to sister, later mother, Maria Perina de Michele in the convent of the Immaculate Conception in Rome as she was praying in the convent chapel. With his face covered with blood and bearing an expression of profound sadness, he said to her, I desire that my face, which reflects the deep anguish of my soul and the sorrow and love of my heart, be more honored. He who contemplates me consoles me. We need to consolate our Lord, even though he's not, or console our Lord, I should say, give him consolation. Even though he's no longer suffering, um, he desires us very deeply to be bound to him and to console him nonetheless. On Tuesday of Passion Week of the same year, our Lord again requests that souls meditate upon his holy face. Each time my face is contemplated, I will pour my love into hearts, and through my holy face many souls will be saved. Two years later in 1938, while Sister Perina was praying in the chapel, the Immaculate Virgin appeared to her holding a scapular made of two pieces of white flannel joined by a cord. On one side was the image of the holy face, with these words surrounding the image, Illumina Domine Vultum Tuum Supernos. Let thy face shine upon us, O Lord, from Psalm 66, verse 2. On the other side was an image of a sacred host surrounded by rays of light, having these words surrounding the image. Mane nobiscum domine, stay with us, O Lord, from Luke 24, verse 29. The Blessed Virgin told Sister Perina, This scapular is a weapon of defense, a shield of strength, a pledge of love and mercy, which Jesus wishes to give to the world in these times of sensuality, and hatred against God in the church. Diabolic snares are being laid to tear the faith from men's hearts, and evil is spreading true apostles are few. 
excuse me, an evil is spreading, period. True apostles are few. A divine remedy is necessary, and this remedy is the holy face of Jesus. All those who shall wear a scapular like this, later the Blessed Virgin told her that a medal could be used instead, and will make, if possible, a visit to the Blessed Sacrament every Tuesday in reparation for the outrages that the holy face of my son Jesus received during his passion, and which he receives daily in the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, will, number one, be strengthened in the faith, two, be prompt to defend the faith, three, overcome all difficulties, internal and external, and four, be grateful, or excuse me, be granted a peaceful holy death under the loving gaze of my divine Son. Later that year, in November 1938, during adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, our Lord again appealed to Sister Perina, saying, See how I suffer. Nevertheless, I am understood by so few. What ingratitude on the part of those who say they love me. I have given my heart as a sensible object of my great love for man, and I give my face as a sensible object of my sorrow for the sins of man. I desire that it be honored by a special feast on Tuesday in Quincagesima, Shrove Tuesday, the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday. The feast will be preceded by a novena in which the faithful make reparation with me, uniting themselves and participating with me in my sorrow. Following the example of Mother Perina, the faithful can console our Lord greatly by making special visits to the Blessed Sacrament, especially on Tuesdays, and praying five glory bees in reparation for the outrages which the holy face of Jesus received during his Passion, and which he continues to receive every day in the Sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. Outrages such as sacred hosts being stolen and even used sacrilegiously, lack of reverence by baptized Catholics when in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament and the Tabernacle, receiving Holy Communion in the state of mortal sin, men in sacred orders permitting, even encouraging, those in grave public sin to receive Holy Communion, receiving Holy Communion in the hand instead of on the tongue, receiving Holy Communion while standing instead of kneeling for those who are able, trampling on our Lord present and the particles of the consecrated hosts dropped on the floor because of communion in the hand, lay people usurping the priest's role of administering the Blessed Sacrament for which his hands have been consecrated, and irreverence and indifference toward our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. And then there's a note here that says, um, to order a scapular and or a medal of the Holy Face of Jesus of the Shroud of Turin Collar, right to Center of Reparation to the Holy Face of Jesus, 181 Lake Street, St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada, L2R5Y8. So let's pray the Novena in honor of the Holy Face of Jesus. Dear Lord, through the sorrowful and immaculate heart of Mary, we offer these prayers in reparation for the sins which offend God the most in these modern times, the sins of blasphemy, the profanation of Sunday, and holy days of obligation and communism. Pater noster, quies in celis, sanctificator nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum de nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, Sicut et nos dimitibus debitoribus nostris, et nenos indugas in tentationem, sed libra nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. <laughs> 
Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honora mortis nostrae. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicut erat in principio et nunc, et semper et in secula seculorum. Amen. The Golden Arrow Prayer, dictated by our Lord to Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre in reparation for blasphemy. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most mysterious and unutterable name of God be praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and in the hells by all God's creatures and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. After receiving this prayer, Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre was given a vision in which she saw the sacred heart of Jesus delightfully wounded by the golden arrow as torrents of graces streamed from it for the conversion of sinners. Litany of the Holy Face, composed by Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre, approved by Monsignor Morlot, Archbishop of Tours, 1847, granted 100 days indulgence by Pope Pius IX, January 27, 1853, in reparation for blasphemies, for the conversion of sinners, in particular blasphemers, and for asking of God any grace whatsoever, add your personal intentions. I would like to pray most especially for the conversion of Pope Francis. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. Holy Virgin Mary, pray for us. O adorable face, which was adored with profound respect by Mary and Joseph when they saw thee for the first time, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which in the stable of Bethlehem didst ravish with joy the angels, the shepherds, and the magi, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which in the temple didst transpierce with a dart of love, the saintly old man Simeon and the prophetess Anna, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which was bathed in tears in thy holy infancy, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which when thou didst appear in the temple at twelve years of age, didst fill with admiration the doctors of the law, have mercy on us. O adorable face, white with purity and ruddy with charity, have mercy on us. O adorable face, more beautiful than the sun, more lovely than the moon, more brilliant than the stars, have mercy on us. O adorable face, fresher than the roses of spring, have mercy on us. O adorable face, more precious than gold, silver, and diamonds, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose charms are so ravishing and whose grace is so attractive, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose every feature is characterized by nobility, have mercy on us. O adorable face, contemplated by angels, have mercy on us. O adorable face, sweet delectation of the saints, have mercy on us. O adorable face, masterpiece of the Holy Ghost, in which the Eternal Father is well pleased, have mercy on us. O adorable face, delight of Mary and of Joseph, have mercy on us. O adorable face, ineffable mirror of the divine perfections, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose beauty is always ancient and always new, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which appeases the wrath of God, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which makest the devils tremble, have mercy on us. O adorable face, treasure of graces and of blessings, have mercy on us. O adorable face, exposed in the desert to the inclemencies of the weather, have mercy on us. O adorable face, scorched with the heat of the sun and bathed with sweat in thy journeys, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose expression is all divine, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose modesty and sweetness attracted both the just and sinners, have mercy on us. 
oh adorable face, which gave a holy kiss to the little children after having blessed them, have mercy on us. O adorable face, troubled and weeping at the tomb of Lazarus, have mercy on us. O adorable face, brilliant as the sun and radiant with glory on Mount Tabor, have mercy on us. O adorable face, sorrowful at the sight of Jerusalem and shedding tears on that ungrateful city, have mercy on us. O adorable face, bowed to the earth in the Garden of Olives and covered with confusion for our sins, have mercy on us. O adorable face, bathed in bloody sweat, have mercy on us. O adorable face, kissed by the traitor Judas, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose sanctity and majesty smote the soldiers with fear and cast them to the ground, have mercy on us. O adorable face, struck by a vile servant, shamefully blindfolded and profaned by the sacrilegious hands of thine enemies, have mercy on us. O adorable face, defiled with spittle and bruised by innumerable buffets and blows, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose divine look Wounded the heart of St. Peter with a dart of sorrow and love, have mercy on us. O adorable face, humbled for us at the tribunals of Jerusalem, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which didst preserve thy serenity when Pilate pronounced the fatal sentence, have mercy on us. O adorable face, covered with sweat and blood and falling in the mire under the heavy weight of the cross, have mercy on us. O adorable face, worthy of all our respect, veneration, and worship, have mercy on us. O adorable face, wiped with a veil by a pious woman on the road to Calvary, have mercy on us. O adorable face, raised on the instrument of most shameful punishment, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose brow was crowned with thorns, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose eyes were filled with tears of blood, have mercy on us. O adorable face, into whose mouth was poured gall and vinegar, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose hair and beard were plucked by the executioners, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which was made like to that of a leper, have mercy on us. O adorable face, whose incomparable beauty was obscured under the dreadful cloud of the sins of the world, have mercy on us. O adorable face, covered with the sad shades of death, have mercy on us. O adorable face, washed and anointed by Mary and the holy women, and wrapped in a shroud, have mercy on us. O adorable face enclosed in the sepulchre, have mercy on us. O adorable face all resplendent with glory and beauty on the day of thy resurrection, have mercy on us. O adorable face all dazzling with light at the moment of thy ascension, have mercy on us. O adorable face hidden in the Eucharist, have mercy on us. O adorable face which wilt appear at the end of time in the clouds with great power and majesty, have mercy on us. O adorable face which wilt cause sinners to tremble, have mercy on us. O adorable face, which will fill the just with joy for all eternity, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, who takest away the sins of the world, spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takest away the sins of the world, graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takest away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Prayer. I salute thee, I adore thee, and I love thee, O adorable face of Jesus. My beloved, noble seal of the divinity, with all the powers of my soul, I apply myself to thee and most humbly pray thee to imprint in us all the features of thy divine likeness. Amen. Aspirations. O God, show us thy face and we shall be saved. Arise, O Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered and let them that hate thee flee from before thy face. 
Eternal Father, I offer thee the adorable face of thy well-beloved Son, for the honor and glory of thy holy name, and for the salvation of all men, and for the conversion of Pope Francis. Holy Father, keep them in thy name, whom thou hast given me. Our Lord asked Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre to repeat often the above prayer in union with him for the protection of Holy Church and her priests. Eternal Father, look upon the divine heart of Jesus, which I offer thee to receive the wine of thy justice, that it may change, that it may be changed for us into the wine of mercy. Powerful heart of Mary, refuge of sinners, stay the arrows of divine justice. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael, pray for us. St. Martin, pray for us. St. Louis, pray for us. May the holy names of Jesus and of Mary and of Joseph be known, blessed and glorified throughout the whole world. Amen. The offering of the instruments of the Passion to the Father for the defeat of communists, Freemasons, and all revolutionary men. Eternal Father, I offer thee the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and all the instruments of his holy Passion, that thou mayest put division in the camp of thy enemies. For as thy beloved Son hath said, a kingdom divided against itself shall fall. One can make this offering of the holy face for any intention. Our Lord said to Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre, Nothing you ask in making this offering of the holy face will be refused to you. November 22, 1846. Very powerful novena. The holy face novena. Also would like to take a look now at an article from today, February 20th, 2022, Fatima Anniversary, A Saint at Rest, from Fatima.org. 102nd Anniversary of St. Jacinta de Jesus Martos Death. Today is the 102nd anniversary of the death of Jacinta Marto, the youngest of the three shepherd children to whom Our Lady of Fatima appeared in 1917. As Our Lady had promised, Jacinta and her brother Francisco were taken to heaven very soon after the time of those apparitions. Weakened by their heroic penances, they were among the victims of the influenza pandemic which followed the First World War. Our Lady's apparitions and revelations affected each of the children somewhat differently. Jacinta could never forget the sea of fire and the agony and hopelessness of the innumerable lost souls whom the children had seen in the vision of hell on July 13, 1917. So many people fall into hell. So many are in hell, she would often lament. How sorry I am for the souls that go to hell and the people who are there being burned alive like wood in a fire. How sorry I am for sinners. Oh, if only I could show them hell. If I might add a word here, how amazing that a child of her age, remember the initial apparitions of the the angel, uh, angel of peace, who's identified himself also as the angel of Portugal, is believed to perhaps be St. Michael the Archangel. I believe all the children were under the age of 10 when that happened in 1916. But she has such a love for poor sinners and she doesn't want to see anyone go to hell. But she's shown and she knows that there is, there are actually souls in hell, so much for the universalism of some modernists nowadays who believe that everyone goes to heaven. We know, you know, we've seen examples in these apparitions and 
we've heard our, our Lord's words, you know, warning of hell. And Jacinta took that to heart, and she prayed very ardently for poor sinners. The article continues, Jacinta would undertake any sacrifice in order to save sinners from going to hell. She often reminded Francisco and Lucia to pray for sinners. We must make many, many sacrifices and pray a lot for sinners so that no one shall ever again have to go to that prison of fire where people suffer so much. In addition, Jacinta experienced a pressing need to pray very much for the Holy Father. She always wanted to do more penance for the Pope in accordance with Our Lady's expressed request. It was Jacinta who received two particular visions which dealt specifically with the Pope and the secret of Fatima. I don't know how it happened, Jacinta explained. I saw the Holy Father in a very big house. He was kneeling before a table, holding his face in his hands, and he was crying. Outside there were many people. Some were throwing stones at him. Others were swearing at him and saying many ugly words to him. How pitiful it was. We must pray a lot for him. Another time, while they were in the cave of the Cabezo, saying the prayer of the angel, Jacinta suddenly got up, her eyes filled with tears. Lucia, she sobbed, don't you see all those roads and lanes and fields covered with people crying from hunger without anything to eat? And the Holy Father in a church praying before the Immaculate Heart of Mary and all those praying with him? We must pray very, very hard for Pope Francis, my friends. He is under a great many spiritual attacks. And we must pray. We must fast for him. We must offer up sacrifices. The article continues, Our Lady revealed to Jacinta that she would be taken to a hospital in Lisbon, Lisbon, excuse me, where she would undergo a surgery and then die alone. It frightened nine-year-old Jacinta terribly to think of this, but she purposefully dwelt upon it in order to be able to offer this suffering to God for the conversion of sinners. A number of the lessons for which St. Jacinta is best known for come from her conversation with Mother Godino when she was in the hospital. Among these are, My dear Mother, the sins that bring most souls to hell are the sins of the flesh. Certain fashions are going to be introduced which will offend our Lord very much. Those who serve God should not follow these fashions. The church has no fashions. Our Lord is always the same. I'm reminded of the words of Cardinal Ottaviani. His motto as bishop was semper idem, always the same. The rest of us in the church need to take those words to heart. The power of tradition. It continues, the sins of the world are too great. If only people knew what eternity is, they would do everything to change their lives. People lose their souls because they do not think about the death of our Lord and do not do penance. My good mother, do not give yourself to immodest clothes. Run away from riches. Love holy poverty and silence very much. Be very charitable even with those who are unkind. Never criticize others and avoid those who do. Be very patient, for patience brings us to heaven. Mortifications and sacrifices please our Lord a great deal. Many marriages are not good. They do not please our Lord and are not of God. Pray a great deal for governments. Pity those governments which persecute the religion of our Lord. If governments left the church in peace and gave liberty to the holy religion, they would be blessed by God. Confession is a sacrament of mercy. That is why people should approach the confessional with confidence and joy. 
Without confession, there is no salvation. The mother of God wants a large number of virgin souls to bind themselves to her by the vow of chastity. I would enter a convent with great joy, but my joy is greater because I am going to heaven. To be a religious, one has to be very pure in soul and in body. Wow. Our bishops and priests today should take lessons on how to write a homily from little Jacinta. That's beautiful. And it sounds like she's speaking today in the year 2022. Amazing. It concludes, At the hospital in Lisbon, Jacinta was deemed too weak for the general anesthetic. So she underwent an excruciating surgery fully conscious while two of her ribs were removed. The doctors attempted to relieve her pain with a local anesthetic, but it was of little use. Nevertheless, Jacinta did not complain at all. The only words she uttered during the operation were, Now, my Jesus, you can convert many sinners, for I suffer a great deal. Jacinta died shortly after the above-mentioned surgery alone, as Our Lady had predicted, on February 20, 1920. Her body has been exhumed twice, first on September 12, 1935, 15 years after her death, and again after another 15-plus years on April 30, 1951. On both occasions, it was found to have been almost entirely preserved from corruption, in spite of being originally buried in quicklime to hasten decomposition in that time of pandemic. May St. Jacinta's prayers preserve us and hasten the consecration of Russia to Our Lady's Immaculate Heart. And there are a couple of notes here that say um, you can watch a conference by Father Gruner from 2013 titled Blessed Jacinta Marto, Little Giant of Heroic Virtue. That is available on YouTube. There's a lot of great stuff at the Fatima Center YouTube page. There's also a note that says you can read more about St. Jacinta's life in The True Story of Fatima by Father John DeMarchi, especially in Chapter 12 pages 65 through 75, which narrates her inspirational, though sorrowful, death. That's available at Fatima.org as well. St. Jacinta, pray for us. You are magnificent. And finally, to conclude today's program, St. Joseph, Terror of Demons by Kennedy Hall. This was initially published on Tuesday, Christmas Eve, 2019. It was part five of the Catholic Masculinity series at the Fatima Center's website, following the model of St. Joseph. And Mr. Hall begins, In our last article, we meditated on St. Joseph's role as the chaste guardian of the Virgin, as he led his family from Nazareth to Bethlehem. As we stand at the brink of the Nativity of Jesus Christ, remember, of course, this was published on Christmas Eve back in 2019, let us consider the terror of demons and his place in the triumph of the Incarnation. The angel Gabriel brought the message of the Incarnation to the Blessed Mother. The name Gabriel in Hebrew means two things, strength of God and man of God. It is no accident that the man of God came to announce to Mary of the coming God-man. Furthermore, According to Cornelius Alapidae, Society of Jesus, who passed away in 1637, Gabriel oversees the conflicts of the faithful, hence his carrying of God's strength. Gabriel announced the Incarnation, but in doing so, he announced war. 
the heavenly conflict between Michael and Lucifer would now take place on the soil of earth, and God's son would enter the battle under the guise of an infant. With her fiat, the Immaculate Virgin proclaimed to heaven and hell that the battle for souls was now in its decisive stage. The theater of war between the angels and the demons would now find itself in the womb of the woman. St. Joseph was called to guard this woman, and because of this, he was sent forth by God to terrorize the devils who sought to foil the divine plan. For years, Joseph spent hours perfecting his craft, striving and sweating in his workshop. Like a foreshadowing of the new Adam, Joseph worked by the sweat of his brow, taming the dried flesh of the trees of the Holy Land. In the manner that God whittles down a man, transforming him from a rough plank to a man perfected, so too did Joseph bend and form the elements that would become the cross of his adopted son. The demons are never truly absent, even at our hour of death. Thus, with each passing year, the devils assigned by hell to tempt Joseph watched him ever so closely. They watched as Joseph, regenerated in his mother's womb, grew in chastity and manliness. There is something different about him, the demons thought. His perfected countenance and tempered demeanor confused the devils. How could a man so humble also demonstrate the fortitude of a dragon slayer? From the shadows, they observed Joseph axe down trees and prepare them for transport. Like a painful instance of sanctified deja vu, these demons saw a flash of the Christ as St. Joseph knelt to the ground, only to stand with a tree on his shoulders. Watching the terror of demons carry oak and olive trees was torturous. The evil spirits were paralyzed and incompetent, while Joseph taunted them with an image of the coming Via Dolorosa forced to seethe with impotent rage at the eternal advent. As Joseph lifted his hammer to pound iron, each metallic clang smashed the gates of hell like the cheerful piercing of the bells of consecration. Soon enough, Jesus Christ would apprentice his earthly father in his workshop. The entrance of the Son of Man into Joseph's domain transformed this humble space into a foundry of divine grace. The demons, bound by their own self-hatred, were forced to watch as Christ sanctified the implements of his crucifixion like he sanctified the waters of baptism. The years Christ spent under the tutelage of his adoptive father only added to the pain of hell. The terror of demons guided the hands of the child of Mary as they both taunted the fallen angels with their unconditional love. Unyielding labor, the curse of Adam, had been reversed and turned into the playground of messianic mirth. We might even imagine Christ as a young man, pricking his finger on a sharpened tool. Out of his sacred hand dripped the precious blood, hydrating the fallen world, ever thirsting for the crucifixion. Of all the men ever born, it was Joseph, born of the line of David, who God chose for this sacred duty. The holiness of St. Joseph made him a terror to those who seek to terrorize the souls of men. He taunted the tempters and made holy mockery of the fallen angels. May we seek to imitate him in our pursuit of sanctity and beg that the divine craftsman may whittle away at our sinful inclinations. Every man will find himself in situations which, with his natural powers alone, he cannot overcome. This is because his battle is with preternatural powers, whose nature far exceeds his own in ability, tenacity, and intelligence. To fulfill his duty of protecting his family and guiding his family along the path marked by Christ, 
he absolutely requires supernatural aid. In such situations, husbands and fathers must call on heavenly aid. Have frequent recourse to Our Lady, to St. Michael, to your guardian angel, to your patron saint, and never forget to also turn to St. Joseph. He has great authority and power over these preternatural powers, and by his assistance we too can become terrors for the devils. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. And I highly recommend the book, which I believe is in a second printing now, by Mr. Hall, entitled Terror of Demons. You Catholic men, if you haven't done so, pick that up and read it. Take and read. Tole et lege. As St. Augustine was told to do. Let us conclude with prayers honoring Our Lady of Fatima and St. Joseph, the Terror of Demons. In nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostri. Amen. Prayer to St. Joseph, terror of demons. St. Joseph, terror of demons, cast your solemn gaze upon the devil and all his minions, and protect us with your mighty staff. You fled through the night to avoid the devil's wicked designs. Now with the power of God, smite the demons as they flee from you. Grant special protection, we pray, for children, fathers, families, and the dying. By God's grace, no demon dares approach while you are near. So we beg of you, always be near to us. Amen. Rigo potens, ora pronobis. Sancti Osef, teradimonem, ora pronobis. Thank you very kindly for listening to this episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Please share this podcast with everyone you know, as well as the love that Jesus Christ has for everyone. Share the love of Jesus with everyone by your lives, by the way you speak, by the way you act, by the way you think. Don't gossip about other people either. That's very important. Tell people how much Jesus loves them. Tell people how much the Blessed Mother loves them. Tell people how much St. Joseph loves them. And I love you too. Goodbye, and God love you.